Welcome to the CFC Jacks Midweek Podcast, where we discuss topics related to becoming a fully devoted, spirit-empowered Christ follower. We hope that wherever you are today, you'll be encouraged by the truths discussed in this podcast. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us. This is Q&A. This is your opportunity to send in questions from the sermon this morning. So you'll see there's a number across the bottom of the screen. We want to invite you to text in those questions, something you might be unsure of or unclear about. Um, text it in. Unclear and... about? Come I... on. I'm just playing. Pride? <laughs> Pride. That's right. Sheesh. Both um, myself within the first 10 seconds. <laughs> see, it doesn't take long. It's everywhere. Yeah, anymore. that's right. Yeah. Um, well, we do have um, a few that have come in here, okay. or let's see if I can get this going. There we go. And so the topic of killing pride and cultivating humility, it's a tough topic, but so powerful to go through these examples of scripture through the stories of Nebuchadnezzar and Daniel and to look at right. God's yeah. thoughts on pride. Yeah. Well, pride's not a theoretical thing. It comes mm-hmm. out in, in the real activities of our lives. And so hopefully uh, we see them happening and go, oh, I can see my, again, we're not on our rooftop, but serious. I mean, how many people have stood in their driveway and looked in or looked at their house or looked at their portfolio or looked at their kids Mm -hmm. and looked, looked at something good in their life and started the pat on the back thing. It's, it's easy to do, or mm-hmm. when other people start patting us on the back like they were patting Herod on the back to so then go, okay, okay, I need to set the record straight mm-hmm. for my own heart and for for the sake of others. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Tricky to do. Um, question here about First John. This is in First John one one. What does fellowship with God mean? Well, let's First uh, John one one. Try not to answer stuff from the Bible without actually reading the verse. So 1 John 1, 1, Mm -hmm. what was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we've looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. Hmm. So it doesn't say fellowship with God there. Maybe they mean verse 7. That okay, we looked at, like, yeah. That would be uh, but if we walk in the light as He Himself mm-hmm. is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, uh, His Son, cleanses us. So, uh, again, what I see there is fellowship with one another. Verse six says, "If we say that we have fellowship with Him, and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth." So, I'm not I'm not trying to be hard to get along with here. <laughs> Just don't know specifically. What the question is when, in general, when we talk about fellowship with God, there is, there can be this understanding of fellowship on two levels. Because of our sin, all of us born dead in our sin and separated from God, enemies of God, children of wrath, those are all biblical expressions. And then when we trust in Jesus and what Jesus has done on the cross for us by his death, taking our penalty, that we are reconciled to God. And so we have relationship 
with God, within relationship with God. Some would want to make a distinction that we have relationship with God, and then as we walk in honest confession, we have fellowship with him. Uh, And the distinction, I think, is most easy to understand in the parallel, the illustration of marriage. Uh, There was a point in time where Jackie and I were not married, and then we were married. After we were married, there were moments that though we were married, we weren't walking in fellowship with one another, whether it was a harsh word, a misunderstanding. Anyway, there's like, there's these moments of fellowship is broken, but relationship is still there. Does it make sense? So we're still married, but it doesn't feel like we're married at the we are but it doesn't <laughs> feel like it at the moment and so uh, with confession with apology with forgiveness then the relationship that has always stayed it is begun to experience be experienced again through fellowship with one another so uh, i think in first john 1 what is being talked about here is a fellowship that comes a we've we've been reconciled to God through our faith in him it's our fellowship with him as we acknowledge we do sin and we bring it to him for cleansing fellowship with him and fellowship with one another so my my sin doesn't make me no longer a part of the church it doesn't make me no longer a christian that remains, relationship remains, fellowship is a, can be uh, seen as a specific subset of that relationship where there is honest confession, what verse 7 and 8 talks about, walking in the light. Right. So uh, that would be my, my understanding of fellowship with God as it relates to 1 John 1. Mm-hmm. Um, so a question here about obedience it says what if or what do you do if your obedience puts you in danger uh, well it depends if the danger uh, now let me let me start again obedience put Jesus in danger mm-hmm Uh, Obedience of the apostles put the apostles in danger. Obedience to the Lord uh, among many people around the world now puts them in danger. So I don't think um, that a safety boundary is a biblical boundary to our obedience. Did I say that correctly? Does that, do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, I say that. Okay. Yeah. That we can draw a boundary that goes, well, I will obey the, law, the Lord as long as it keeps me safe. And if there's danger, then certainly the Lord wouldn't want me to obey him where there's danger. But uh, the scripture is full of examples where obedience put people in danger. And sometimes the Lord delivered them from that danger and showed his supernatural glory. And other times the Lord did not deliver them and he showed his supernatural glory of being worthy of suffering for him. 
So uh, Paul said, I'm going to do what the Lord has called me to do, and I will not count my life as dear to myself. And so uh, now I don't think there is a obedience. Now, again, that's easy for me to say in a safe room mm-hmm. on a Q&A. Most of us have not had to face obedience to the Lord um, boundaries. There is, um, I guess, where I, the one thing that I want to make sure that um, um, people aren't taking from that is if if a wife is in a an abusive marriage that and the feeling or the sense is well but i am to stay in this marriage then we would say that you have in under obedience to the lord you have the right to move out of a place where you would be putting yourself in danger if that was in the specific in the home mm-hmm. so i just that's what i was trying to make sure that that my statement uh, that there is no safety boundary to our obedience doesn't get taken too far and misapplied sure Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I think about missionaries who the Lord has called them into missions. They're knowingly going into an area that's closed access. Yeah. And so they're following in obedience, knowing yeah. that there could be danger in that situation, but still going. Yeah. Regardless of that. And so many of us here in the States may not have that experience, but mm-hmm. that choosing fear over obedience. I have read, and historically, uh, there was a time where missionaries uh, 100 years ago, 150 years ago, would pack their belongings when they would go to the mission field. They would pack them in a coffin because they would recognize it was likely going to cost them their life. Mm. So not a... Not what you and I might think of as a trunk back then, suitcase now, but trunk back then. They would actually load them so that they could be the coffin probably on which they would die. Wow. Yeah, that's not my will, but your will be done, mm-hmm. obedience to the point of death. So Jesus was humble in how he came. He emptied himself, humble in how he lived. He served in ways that people would not, other people would not mm-hmm. serve. And he was humble in death. He was obedient even to the point of death. So right. uh, I want to make sure that we understand our motivation for killing pride and cultivating humility is not only because we don't want to be worse than the fool who puts ourselves in opposition to God. We want to do that because also we want to be like our Savior who was born, lived, and died in humility. Both sides of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, question here. Is there a difference between asking for help in a situation, ask, so I guess asking the Lord for help in a situation, and being fully dependent on the Lord in the situation? Is there a difference? So maybe just asking for a resolution of the situation potentially versus yeah, depending on yeah, the Lord. I'm not sure what the, the thought process is there in the 
in the questioner. I think that it's healthy and good to declare our dependent to always declare our dependence upon the Lord. And so asking him to help, okay, I think maybe I'm understanding the question a little bit more now. Uh, asking him to help is not in violation of being dependent upon him because right. you're asking him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he, he no is a legitimate answer mm-hmm. with the Lord. Not because he's against us, but because he's forced. There's sometimes that the Lord says no for our for our good, and so uh, yeah, to to depend upon the Lord is part of depending upon the Lord is asking Him for help and then uh, trusting what He does and praising Him no matter what, as we say. Okay. So no, I don't think there's there's really any difference there. Uh, I think what I was getting at there in terms of. Uh, uh, sometimes when we do prayer in in church circles, family group, even our staff time, at times it's kind of like, well, what do I what do I need the Lord for today? Well, I need Him for everything, everything. today, and it's it's really good. I, I like when as a staff we're not reluctant to go. Well, let me think about what's hard today and ask Him for mm-hmm. help in that. Let's just acknowledge. Uh, I'm going to walk out of prayer, and I'm going to go study a passage. Whether I think it's a hard passage or not is irrelevant. I am dependent upon the Lord to open the Scriptures to me and to be my teacher so that I can teach accurately and with clarity the Scriptures. So every morning I study the Scriptures in preparing to teach, I am dependent upon the Lord. Every time we go to lunch and try to plan our worship service, we're dependent upon the Lord for it to be a service where people encounter the Lord. So we're dependent upon him to lead us in everything, to to be our good shepherd and to guide us, to help us, to bring thoughts to mind, to help us see Foolish ideas, because sometimes we get stupid ideas. <laughs> you know, there's we're always. Yeah. I'm, I'm serious. We're always dependent upon the Lord, yeah. and I think we had to we had to tell him that more than we do. When we were talking about that and going through the story of Daniel, it just made me think of all the mundane, seemingly mundane things I do throughout the day that are routine or yeah. that are just the normal things. That there is still a full dependence on the Lord yeah. for me to be able to get out the door in the morning and to be able to uh, parent my children well and to love my husband well and to love my neighbors Mm -hmm. and not shrink back away from loving my neighbors. And that uh, just, there's big time. It was a, a moment of just real awareness for me to think, wow, there's so many areas that I just go throughout my day every day, completely missing the fact that that is full dependence on the Lord to be able to do those. And in doing so, Tracy, I think then we go, wow, there's so much grace every moment in our lives. That you left your house and got to church this morning, that was the grace of God. Because some people left their house and they Mm -hmm. didn't get to work or they didn't get to church Mm -hmm. today. That there is everything good and my life is the gift of the Lord. Yes. To give him praise for that. Yes, huge gift. Um, just another question came in. If you were in an abusive marriage and you fled for safety um, or for other reasons, and he and he never changes ever, he said he wasn't, are you free to remarry or no? 
Well, if you're, yeah, there, there are two exceptions we understand in the, the scripture to marriage, um, to, for the ending of a marriage. And again, it's, Jesus is very clear. It's not because he intended marriage to end. It's intended because the hardness of our hearts. Mm-hmm. Now, again, don't take that to mean that uh, if you ended up, well, one of the exceptions is that if there is marital infidelity. So if, if, if I was to be unfaithful to Jackie, she would have biblical grounds to end the marriage. She wouldn't be required to it, but she would have biblical grounds to do so. When Jesus said it's because of the hardness of your heart, I'm not saying that her heart in divorcing me would be hard. It was the hardness of my heart that I was not faithful to the vows that I had made. So the first exception is for marital infidelity, and the second is where there is abandonment from the marriage. First Corinthians 7, it talks specifically about a believer uh, excuse me, an un, a believer being married to an unbeliever, and if the unbeliever abandons the marriage, if they're like, I don't want it anymore, then you are free to divorce, and if there's a freedom to divorce, then if there's a biblical freedom to divorce, then we would say that there's a biblical freedom to remarry. And so where there is unrepentant violence in the home, and there's been a separation, and there's been a willingness uh, to confront and to undress the, the violent one, and there continues to be a lack of repentance, then we would say that there's an abandonment of that marriage, and there is, they're acting as an unbeliever, unwilling to listen to private uh, Confrontation, unlistened to, unwilling to listen to two or three, unwilling to listen to the church. So there is the removal, there is the treating them as an unbeliever, and therefore uh, we would understand divorce as to be uh, a biblical exception. And as we finish up here, you know, for anyone who may be going through a difficult situation, whether it's in a marriage or even dealing with pride or other overwhelming um and we do have biblical counseling that we offer here through our Hope Center. You can find that information on our website. So just want to make sure you know that is a yeah. resource or just reach out to the church and we'll get you connected with someone who can walk that journey with you um, as you walk through truth and through scripture through those difficult circumstances yes. of life. Yeah, don't be under a pile of, yes. oh, I cannot change. Yes. Uh, the Spirit of God, by the Word of God, through the people of God can indeed mm-hmm. bring transformation. A person can change. You can change. Don't think you can't. Absolutely. Well, by the power of the Spirit, you can. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your questions. We appreciate you joining us this morning. Hope you have a great afternoon. Thanks for listening to this episode of the CFC Jacks podcast. Be sure to watch as we release new teachings weekly, along with additional content during the week. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit us at www.cfcjacks.com. Thanks for listening.